Hello, everybody. Drasco here from 10knorm.com, where my main mission is to help heart-centered entrepreneurs who know all the business strategies, normalize their next 10K month, week, day, etc., and to do that by mastering what's between their ears. And for today's episodes, we have a Real Talk segment where I bring in a heart-centered entrepreneur who isn't seeing the consistent, stable growth in their business. And then live on the call, I get to help them break down one specific aspect that's most overlooked in business strategy, which is that of the inner aspect. And on today's uh, episode, we have Dave Gold, who brings the full power and wisdom of his 45 years as a businessman, a trial lawyer, executive consultant, and spiritual mentor to liberate world-changing executives and entrepreneurs from the shackles of self-doubt and self-disqualification. So completely and utterly in tune with regards to what we do here. And uh, Dave, I got to say, I think you are actually the oldest guest I've ever had on the podcast. So, you know, so it's good to be number one. So I'm actually very excited to uh, dive into this. And, you know, if some of the wisdom rubs off on me as well, I'm totally okay with that. So first and foremost, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm really glad that when I when I saw your profile, I just thought, oh, here's a brother. Here's a guy that gets it. So I'm I'm always happy to find someone from my home planet, and uh, I'm just also happy to connect with your with your following, your people. Hundred percent. So I'm excited to to dive into that. So you you have this extensive uh, experience. You know, you you like you said, you've been on the planet for a while. You've accumulated a lot of um, you know stories and experiences through that. So why don't you just kind of break it down for us, like. Who are you? Why do you do what you do? How did you get to where you are right now? We'd love to kind of have the, the, the context of all that. Okay. So first of all, I always try to answer the question like I've never heard it before, so it doesn't turn into a can thing. So this will be a bit of a surprise to, to all of us. Um, I'd say the latest iteration of my, and I'm about, I'll, I'll turn 70 next month. And, and you, know, you mentioned I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest guest. And my mother said I had the energy of a child. So, and my wife will confer that often when I'm breaking things like a little kid. So, but I, I think the, my life has been, I think as many people's are, is how, how do I come to grips with my humanity? How do we come to grips with, you know, if we're self-reflected, if we're heart-centered as a people, as your, you know, as your ecosystem is, heart-centered people are aware of their faults. They're aware of their, their faults, their shortcomings, what they're doing wrong. And they feel the, the costs and the consequences of those in terms of being impediments to love and abundance and authenticity and full expression. So I've always, I had that in me, like, you know, what, the, what do I do with the fact that I can see all these things about myself that I don't want to carry into adulthood in my life? And my first iteration was just, I just figured I'd make so much money and be so famous. And my wife would just be so beautiful when I grew up that no one would, I wouldn't care if I was imperfect, it wouldn't matter. And then life shook me out of that with a, with a series of traumas in, in, in my late teens and my father died and a few other things happened and that didn't work out. And then I decided on a different strategy. I tried the spirit, I tried, I, I didn't try, I did the spiritual strategy. I, I, I worked, I, I moved to West Virginia, moved in with a crazy wisdom, American Zen master. And, and while I was practicing law and building a law practice, I was also dynamically searching for the truth. I mean, I was celibate. I was an ascetic. I had a cabin in the woods. I'd spend third, you know, I'd work like hell in my law practice 11 months. And then one month a year, I'd go out to my cabin and spend 30 days by myself, no electricity, no running water, not even a book. I would just, you know, deface myself. So that was my strategy of trying to spiritually bypass my humanity. I figured I'll never fix myself. So let's just get enlightened. And then whatever the ego will die and the bad parts of Dave Gold will die. 
but interestingly enough, I kind of had a dual, a dual destiny because at the same time I'm building this law practice from nothing and I'm building a very successful law practice and I'm a good marketer, I'm a good business person. And I think I, I kind of also had a backdoor strategy that I would just continue to get kind of a continuation of my childhood strategy. I would still get rich and I, would, I was rich and you know, successful and everything else and that that would, you know, that would kind of fix whatever problems I had. And then, um, as I note on my website, that when I, about seven and a half years ago, at the age of 62, a love unimaginable descended upon me. And, um, and, I, and, and, a, and a love that I could never expected and would never have dreamed of. And with that, a number of things happened. First, I realized that life was trustworthy. I mean, you know, I talked a little bit about this off camera before we came on that the universe, I could actually see and know and hold in my arms that the universe wanted what I wanted, except better than I can imagine. And that changed me around from being a, a self-starter. I got to get enlightened. I got to make money. I got to be somebody to holy cow. You know, there's, I'm, I'm not in this thing alone in any sense of the word. Um, and then the other piece that came is I realized in having to come to grips with the fact that I was loved in this way by this type, by, by Julie, by this phenomenal human being, that I couldn't be the imperfect, defective, you know, hopeless person that I thought I was, that I was trying to overcome and transcend and bypass. And that started me and, you know, really it's been my journey the last seven years of recognizing how our own, our own self-doubt, our self-loathing, our self-sabotage, even our self-hatred is the biggest impediment to anything that we, anything that we want, whether it's peace of mind, whether it's love, whether it's abundance in business, whether it's being an impactor. So that's where I find myself now. I have a number of different ways that I, you know, manifest that in terms of, you know, programs and, and, and working with individuals and working with companies. But it's always pretty much the same message of, of being able to bring my business acumen because I've, I've done a lot and, and I'm very, at a very practical, grounded, realistic kind of a business sense. And helping companies and in a part run run by people with, with heart and with soul. And at the same time being able to kind of bring in and attune and attract the kind of the higher wisdom and the higher perspective that really brings the magic into the world. So that's kind of the that's the I don't know. That's the first time I've given that particular story, but hopefully it hangs together and hasn't bored your listeners and your your viewers. That's okay. Like I said, this is uh it's one of many firsts, right? Like uh, we have, you know, the, the the oldest guest is the first, you're number one there, right? You got the number one answer with regards to you never given it before. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm actually totally okay uh, with that. So what, what stood out to me when you were talking about your story, it seems that it, it was almost like there's just like two halves, right? Like the, the, the first one, there seems to be this dominant kind of push energy. I'm pushing to reach enlightenment. I'm pushing to build this law practice. I'm pushing to be so successful that the imperfections don't even matter anymore. And then kind of the second half that you've alluded to near the end is, is what I hear is more of like surrender is more of trust where it's like, hold on, like I'm not really just this entity by myself trying to fix my imperfection. There's, there's actually something more working with me and when I open up and allow myself to be there, then good things seem to happen. So was that sounds accurate to you? Yeah, that's really astute and, and really well said. And, and also it just triggered, it's triggering something new in me as well. 
And I think that's one of the cool things of living from your heart is things are new. You know, you don't have to go back and try to remember who the hell you are or what you're trying to say. You can, you know, respond rather than just react. But I realized I, it's not, it wasn't like my life. You can't spend 30 days in a cabin by yourself and not trust. I mean, you know, you just the way you realize that what you're, what you're, you, you can't just force yourself to meditate. You can't force yourself to be at peace. You can't force yourself not to be afraid out in the woods at night, you know? There, so the idea of, of, of I've you know, done enough mystical work or spiritual work to know that there's grace and it's surrender. And, you know, I know all that, but I think that my, the, my being was so predominantly geared and, and, and wired for pushing that the trust was secondary. You know, I was 51% pushing 49% trust. And what happened when Julie came in my life is it became 51, you know, this all metaphorically speaking, but it became 51 and 49. And then at that point, and once you shift, once your critical mass goes over to the trust, then things start to pick up. And, you know, we talked about it, but still, you know, what I still realize in myself, one of the things probably talk about during the period of your, you know, coaching or whatever, you know, kind of sharing wisdom from, is that there are always, there's residuals. And the fact that all these things happen, it, it doesn't mean that you're never going to worry, you're never going to fear, you're never going to mistrust, and you're never going to feel that life's not going to give you the next nickel. Right, because at that point, you've done it so many times that, you know, it's not anymore just like a faith or hope, like you, you've seen that come to pass. So it's like, I, I can actually trust it because I've done it so many times that even that part of me that might have initially doubted it now it's on board because like the, the evidence is actually there. So is that kind of what you're talking yeah, that, about? Yeah, really well said. And my, my, the advice that I had, the kind of the higher wisdom that I was told was said, first trust Julie, then you learn to trust yourself, then you learn to trust life. So for me, I needed, I needed an embodiment. And then I, and from that, that embodiment, I realized, oh, wow, I, to be the man who can love and be loved like this, I'm trustworthy. And then I trust the life. But then the next step, which was revealed was, and just exactly what you were saying, I'm just articulating it, I think, a little differently, is the trust becomes a knowing. You actually know. You've done it enough times. You've done enough that now you, you know. And yeah, and that's a beautiful way to live. Uh, absolutely. And I think it's, it's one that, I mean, certainly I've had flashes of that and, and been able to see how the path has progressed when I surrender to that. Uh, it, it's certainly something that I've seen in clients, uh, you know, when they try something that they might not have tried before. So yeah, I'm hundred uh, percent on board with that. So I'm curious then with regards to like having this deep well of wisdom and having all these experiences, both, you know, spiritual, practical, and personal, um, what is it that kind of brings you forward now right like as i understand it you have a coaching business now is that correct yeah i, I mean i call it a transformational mentoring business but yes I have, a, I have a coaching business i work with companies and i work with groups of people i work on kind of and then if i may also without getting off track i just treat everyone who comes in my life as a gift i don't care if it, you know it's the ups guy or or the amazon you know the clerk at the walmart store or someone who calls to sell me something I may not want to sit on the phone for an hour. So there's a way that my, I don't want to call it my, my service or my, it, it's an everywhere, but yes, professionally, that's that. Yes. That's, I gave you a long answer to it. To a, yes. You're right. Go ahead. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Perfect. 
Um, so then I'm curious with regards to where you're at now in your professional mentoring, right? Like the theme of, you know, this podcast and kind of what I do is usually the, the people that come on, they have some sort of ceiling or plateau as far as their business is concerned. And more often than not, they've tried the business stuff. They know the business stuff. It's like, I've done enough of it, but for some reason it's not clicking to kind of go to the next level. And usually the problems lies where they're not looking, which is usually internally. So I'm curious then in your instance, as somebody who has spent a lot of time looking internally, what do you feel like is a potential thing that you're not addressing internally that could be causing the external like business plateaus? So let me, let me just reel back because it reminds me of a story, which, which you said there that I think, it could, and it's interesting because um, I mentioned I used to have a podcast and then we would solve people's biggest business challenges. And then that one of, that, one of those people became a client and I was doing a, like a, my partner and I, my then partner and I, business partner, and I were doing a coaching session with him and my partner who was also quite, you know, who was, who was quite brilliant and savvy kept getting him one brilliant idea after another, after another, after another. And he just had reasons not to do it. And finally I said, Justin, hang up the phone or get off the Zoom call. We got off the Zoom call. And I said, you don't want it. You don't want success. I wouldn't give you all the great, we, we've given you 10 ways that you could 10 extra business and you're not doing any of them. So why don't you and I stop and figure out why the hell you don't want to be successful, why you're running with the brakes on, doing all this work and sabotaging yourself. And then we'll go back and figure that out. So I think that's just, you know, kind of aligning, aligning with that. And, and you and I are both very attuned. And I assume, I, I bet, I, I know, I trust in, to the point of knowing that you're very adept at both deciphering what that block, you know, what that obstacle is, what people, why, why people, whatever's between the ears. And I would also say between the shoulder blades, you know, in terms of in the heart and um, figuring out what that is. But the answer to your que the question, if I got it, is like, what is, what do I see in my own, eating my own cooking? You know, if we all want, we have to eat our own cooking. That's all there is to it, man. You're not gonna take anybody higher than you can go yourself. And that's the beauty of what we do is we're constantly being, you know, pushed up as well as pulling others up um, and rising together as friends. But what I have, what I, what my, my path is and continue to get deeper and deeper in terms of, of um, is I would call it something my father called breaking the lineage, which is that, um, you know, just being quite honorable, I mean, honest and authentic, is that I'm, 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 <laughs> you know, I'm Jewish. And I, and there's a lot of beauty that comes with that and the heart and the wisdom and I know the, uh, the other day, my wife asked me for some advice and I gave her some advice and she got, I said, I don't want your brilliant Jewish mind. I want your beautiful Jewish heart, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I, there's a lot, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, poor me, you know, but, but with that, there's just 4,000 years of scarcity. There's 4,000 years of looking over your shoulder. There's 4,000 years of, you know, who survived the people that could find danger that others couldn't. It could perceive, oh, the Cossacks are coming or whatever. You know, I don't make it seem victimized. I'm just talking about this diagnostically, not in any kind of judgment or victimization. I just made a study of this stuff. And so recognizing that I come from a lineage where distrust, uh, being able to survive in scarcity, being, you know, just 
having a 360 all the time and, and warning where the next terrible thing is going to come from and don't rest. That's been ingrained. That's why we made it for 4,000 years. And that's not the way I want to live. That's not what I'm coaching. That's not what I'm transmitting. So, and it's real. And me just knowing it, you know, me just knowing that's who I am and that's how I, I respond to life doesn't necessarily fix it. So for me, it's, it's literally, and I'm talking daily, it is a daily way of me making choices, both internally and externally, that reflect my highest knowing, which is that life is trustworthy. And then the other piece, which you and I resonate with, which I have such great respect for you for both knowing and having the courage to bring it out, is that it's not hating myself because I, I can be neurotic or because I'm worried about scarcity or I'm pinching a nickel or I'm, you know, not relax because I'm worried if the Cossacks are coming when I should just be, you know, hanging out with my daughter or something. You just don't, you don't disqualify yourself for that. So there's a way that you, you, and you know, for what it's worth, and I'm getting the punchline here is you can only love your way, but I tried fixing my way by bypass. I, I, the only way you get through this is you love your way, you love your way through it, whatever that means. So anyway, the answer to what I'm, I'm doing now is still dealing with the day-to-day -day trust issues, the trade-to-day -day abundance issues, and more and more surrender. And I got to tell you, and, and this, you know, if we can crack this code, you and I are really something. It's that I don't want to, I don't want to sell anymore. I've been selling my whole life. I was a trial lawyer. I sold juries. I had a sales company. We had salespeople on the hundred dollars a day. I'd get on the phone with them side by side because I led from the front. I don't want to do a hundred dollars a day. I don't want to manipulate people. I don't want to beg anybody for anything, but I still got to build a business. So there's a really interesting edge right now of what does this look like for me to be smart and build, continue to build and grow in my impact and my abundance, my, my, you know, my bank account abundance at the same time that I'm not coming from a scarcity mentality. That I'm, I'm trying to get people to do something they may not want to do, or I feel I need something from them. I don't want to need anything from anyone. I just don't want to do that. I just want to love and give them whatever there is to give. So that wow. should give you something to work with. There, there, there's some, there's some meat, there's some red meat there for the lines. There's definitely some red meat there. And uh, okay, so just kind of because there was a, a bunch of different things that came up there. So there was the lineage sentiment, right? So there are, you know, old energies, old expectations, uh, histories, things that I know, things that I've grown up with, things that are kind of that working in the back of my head that seem to put friction in my love and trust of like what is actually happening, right? So that's like one element. You mentioned the whole aspect of the selling. Like, right. I don't want to continue this. I think it kind of sounds like the push energy, right? Like I don't want to push to force or like manipulate people to buy stuff, okay? And that kind of outwardly going forward element of growing my, like this current business. Um, and I think kind of the overall and this is more implicit. So you correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, kind of like the, the joy aspect, right? Like I, I want this growth to be fun, but I feel like there are these, not even blocks, but it's like these chains that are keeping it less than fun. Like I can't really move in a flowing fashion forward. So A, do, do those resonate with you? Yes. And I, and I think it's well, well summarized. And I would say the last, the third one, especially there's something my father said, the energy that goes into a thing becomes a thing itself. And you know, from the people we work with, they, they figure I'm gonna work like hell and then I'm gonna retire and relax or I'll be neurotic, you know, I'll be compulsive now, but then I won't be, and it doesn't work that way. You have to start from where you finish. 
So I want to make sure that the energy that I'm putting into this is an energy of love and trust and not an energy of need and scarcity. Got it. Okay. So then out of those three, which one do you think is most relevant for you in this moment? In this moment with you? I just, I just got scarcity, scarcity mentality. Okay, perfect. So then how is the scarcity showing up in your business specifically? Um, okay, how is that showing? Okay, wow, that's a really good question. So let me give you the most, the, the okay, cool. I'm not, I'm trying to make things easy for you and I shouldn't, I should just, you know, not worry. No, make them real. I, if if yeah, I, I can't it, solve it, then you know, know what? what? That, that's on me. That's I'm not lead you down some esoteric rat hole where you go, what the hell has that guy on my show for? Okay. So let me get, so when I, when I started, you know, kind of found my voice and found what, what was most wanted to do, I had all kind. I was working with people and I was helping people kind of get their hero's journey together. I was working with people in company. I just had all this different stuff that I knew I could do. And I thought, it's too confusing. It's breaking my brain. I'm just going to start coaching. I'm just going to start mentoring one-on-one. -on -one. And, and one, it'll, you know, it'll show, it'll prove, it'll prove the concept. But the other is that I'll learn what it is that I do that I can scale. You know, that's smart business advice. Give it to, not often I you know, give yourself advice. It's giving your clients, you actually take it. I used to say when I was a lawyer, my clients always did exactly what, what I told them to do as long as I told them exactly what they wanted to hear. But in this case, okay, anyway, not to lose the plot. So I said, okay, like right away, without, I, without even advertising, I just, you know, people would come to my door, a guy that came to get the, get the mice out of the crawl space, he was a client, another guy put the basketball hoop in, he's a client. People were, oh, you're doing this. I said, I want 10 clients, boom, I had 10 clients. That was great. And I was like, okay, this is fantastic. You know, I got the, <laughs> I got the ass kicked out of it, as we used to say in West Virginia. And then, and then suddenly they, they started, you know, they graduate. And I thought, oh, well, I'm losing my, I'm losing my coaching clients and I'm losing my coaching clients. And one by one, they started to drift. So I did what I did the scarcity energy. Oh, let's find new ones. Let's go out and put, oh, and it was wrong. The pushing was wrong. I didn't feel right. It wasn't working. I felt myself going back to old ones. And today I just finished up with the last of that 10 clients. We just had a last one. I said, oh, you're done, you graduated. So I could look at this like, oh my God, I don't have any, my coaching clients are all gone. But I know, so then I can have my, my, my attention on that and I'm scarcity and I'm scrambling, okay? I don't wanna do that, but I can feel that urge. I can, it's rising up in me. Oh my God, you know, go, you gotta replace that revenue. And then there's a part that says that I know that this is just because I've, gra I've graduated. And now there's something new I'm going to do. And even reaching out to you with a podcast, it's like, oh, that's a way that I can just have my voice heard without selling anybody in particular. So it's like, how do I find these mechanisms? So, so but anyway, I've given you enough. That's an example of, of not wanting to scramble to just bring people in, replace people. And um, yeah, so I don't know if that, that, that should give you something. Okay. So in terms of that, because the original question was like, how is the scarcity showing up in your business? Right. So from my understanding of your response, it's, I made this, this decision that I wanted to go into mentorship. I wanted to go into coaching. As soon as I made that decision, these people just started coming to me, right? Like just random conversations without expectations that I would have led to my initial batch of like the first 10 clients. 
once that started to die down, then I was like, okay, well, I now need to make this happen. And you're kind of recognizing that as like, what got me here isn't what's going to get me there. So exactly. is that accurate before I go yeah, on? That's, that, that's absolutely, as my father said, the light bends, you know, you follow the light, it's going, 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 and it bends. The light's, the light's bent. Got it. Okay. So something needs to now change. Something needs to now shift for you to actually go into the abundance that you want. Okay. So that's kind of interesting because, you know, even let's just say, even from the metaphysical perspective, right? The initial acceptance of the next path kind of gives you the early wins, kind of like the, the beginner's luck of moving into alignment, right? It's like all these things were kind of just waiting for you to make this shift. You, accepted it and then suddenly it collapsed into your reality okay but as you said that's not necessarily like the initial shift to the kind of momentum forward it's like two different things so it's it's two different aspects of alignment right even in terms of like the more 3d explanation of you know what got me here isn't going to get me there that was kind of lucky those were the conversations i was having i was having it without any expectations but now that's dried up with regards to the low hanging fruit in front of me. Now I need to go forward and do something. Okay. Both of those, however, are, are relatively, you know, there's many ways to interpret this, but, but are kind of action behavior oriented. Okay. You could be scarcity minded and those things could still happen. And you could be abundantly minded and the, the same scenario could have happened, meaning the early win can happen from whatever perspective and you still need to shift in order to go to the next step. So then going back to the original question, then how do you think scarcity impacts the next step? Scarcity impact the next step. I, again, I, I can only I can only respond and complete. You know, if you have to center me in the you know get me to center the fairway again, do it. I think it comes from one a scramble mentality versus an intuitive mentality of just I'm going to hustle and throw a bunch of stuff and just run around and see what happens and do some magical thinking. So I think that's one one way, and. The other way, oh, I know, I, this is, here, this is better. This is a little more palatable. I think it's not coming from need. It's not, it's not looking at people as something that I need from them, okay? And this is tricky because like you, I'm a great networker. I'm not just like network, like, you know, oh, hey, you know, meet him, he'll do that. But just, I always wanna make sure there's value, there's reciprocity. So there's a way that me being able to know what people need and provide, that's one thing. But there's another where, oh my God, this person can get me this or that. So I think a lot of, of where the scarcity mentality goes is looking at people as tra transactionally rather than as just a mysterious opportunity. Okay. So the way that you're looking at the next steps is now rooted in things that are against your true nature, right? I'm looking at what can I get from people versus like you kind of said at the beginning, you know, I, I want to be a kind of friend to everybody, right? The UPS guy, the, I can't remember the exact word, but that's the sentiment, right? So it's like I'm working or I'm looking at the next step, the next person transactionally. So now it's like, I need you. It's not that I want you. And all of my next steps are rooted in 
the the same kind of desperate energy of I need to make this work. Okay. That 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 is the that is the inclination. Okay. Got it. So to what degree then is that just a story? And to what degree is it something that is like befalling you? When you say it, what's the it? Your which part of that? The the scarcity. Oh, the scarcity isn't real. But it seems to be real. I got it. It's showing up. My genes, you know, like not my blue genes, but in my G genes, you know, it's in my genes. And I could look, you know, I was told it's interesting because I just made a ton of I made a ton of money in law. I I sold businesses. I just never had to worry about money. And and I was told, hey, your bank account, and this was like vertical wisdom, your bank account's gonna get a lot smaller before it gets bigger. And I thought, well, I hope sure that's one prophecy I hope doesn't come true. But it's interesting. And it 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 did. And I think because it 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 enabled me to to understand I was living in abundance irrespective of how many zeros were in my bank account. So that the truth of that, if you put a gun to my head and said, is scarcity real or is abundance real? I would, and I'm going to pull the trigger. If I guess wrong, I'm guessing abundance. So it's, a, and then it's a question of getting everybody on board. Correct. Right. In this instance, getting yourself on board. So what I'm also curious about then is because you have had all the success in law, right? Like you've sold businesses, you've had a lot of clients, you've sold, etc. So it, it seems like the financial abundance you're lacking right now in your coaching or mentorship business, you did have in your previous business. Is that correct? And it came out effortlessly. I mean, I worked like hell, but the abundance came effortlessly. Okay. So give me the distinction that you understand there. So like I work like hell, but the abundance came effortlessly. So what's the distinction? Like I have an interpretation of that, but what's what's yours? Your interpretation is the right one, by the way, just what you feel. It's that I worked like hell because that was my nature or that was, that was my default. And because I, and even sometimes I like to work and I like to outwork everybody else. I like to out hustle everybody else. I, I, a lot of my ego was wrapped up in that. And I generally did. I outworked when I was in, when I went to trial, I outworked the other side. I was the one in the law library going right from the law library, to the courtroom at, you know, five in the morning and giving my opening statement to an empty jury box because the janitor let me in, you know? So that's my, that's mine. But what came to me, I didn't care about money. I didn't care. That was part of the good things about being a spiritual guy. I was living like an ascetic, you know, I didn't know what to do with my money. And so I just, you know, so anyway, I, I knew that it was magic, that it was magic and service and destiny that brought the money and that the work was somehow just woven into the, into the, into the fabric. Got it. So in that case, the like outworking, it's like, it, it sounds like, okay, I, you could do the same thing now to grow this business, but it sounds like you don't really want to do that. Nope. I'm not, I'm not at all. Okay. Perfect. So why did you work that like so much harder than everybody else in the previous businesses? I mean, without getting too much into personal one is I surrounded myself with people that expected and admired that. So that was the coin of the realm for my spiritual teachers. Not necessarily, you know, that you just worked and worked and worked. I, I, my daughter's named after it. Even I'm Jewish, I spent time in a Trappist monastery in South Carolina called Mepkin Abbey, and my daughter's actually named after the Abbey. And, and I was telling my stepson that the other day that I heard just 
they, they, I wondered why these guys respected me so much. And I heard someone say that Dave Gold is the hardest, is a hard worker. You know, it was just, that was the value. The monks saw it, you know, my spiritual brother saw it. My law partner saw it. Everybody saw it. So could you say that that need to work that hard, that need for that external almost validation, like the approval of like, yes, I am a hard worker. Could you say that that was actually creating from scarcity as well? Exactly. Beautifully said. And it's not just that. It's that it gives us the illusion of control. Got it. So it sounds to me like that this initial predicament right now, right, with regards to this business, it's like I've seen what it can look like to force and create from this scarcity, right? Like I have to outwork everybody. Otherwise, there's not enough there for me to actually win. I have to push hard on everybody else. Otherwise, like I can't trust that it will be enough to actually make it happen. I've built a business. I've made the money that way. I didn't even ask for money at that time because the only value I actually had was just the outright work. I don't want to repeat those things again. And now since you're refusing to do what's worked before, seems like there's just like major gap. There's this void of like fear of like, well, what do I do now? How do I make it work? That isn't hard. Is that accurate? Yeah. But again, you're dead on. And I, I would say, get a little metaphysical on us here is that after a while, it's like whatever you believe in angels or God or, you know, the universe or who knows what, that after a while, it will not allow you to, when, once you've evolved to a certain point, it won't let you act and succeed contrary to those values. Yeah. So it, to me right now, the universe won't let me, you know, I, if I, two or three months ago, if I had just gone and hustled like I normally did and found 20 clients to replace the 10, that would have been sending me the wrong message. So it's, how do we align? We're, we're always, you know, we're always aligning in my, my we're, I'm always aligning with forces I can't see. And that's the surrender piece. That's what I'm being invited into. But yes, the predicament I'm in is I am between, and, and, and I'm sure you've experienced and your clients have done it. And now you got to, like we said, for each your own cooking is I'm between models. I'm actually, I'm just between models. And how well do we handle the empty space between models? Got it. Yeah. I think that's actually a, a great way to say is I'm, you know, I'm was operating and I made my life from this scarcity push grind. Don't even think about the, the, the money. Like I need to outwork everything and everybody model to what would my life look like if I let go of the ancestral expectations, if I let go of the fears of control, if I let go of and fully trusted that my ability to love the process and could get the outcome without this push energy and use more of a pull energy, like what would that actually look like? Exactly. I mean, I tell you, people you work with are really lucky to have you. Seriously, you have a great wisdom and great heart and great insight and a really great ability to put things down. But that's that is that's the experiment. That's the experiment that we're running. And meanwhile, I'm a human being. So I'm running this, this noble experiment at the same time that I'm living the realities of the third dimension. And I, you can't expect one to free you from the other. Correct. I, I, ran that, I ran that spiritual bypassing experiment, it doesn't work. Yeah, and I understand why you are where you're at and, and why you want to go there. So really, I, I think it, to me, it just sounds like now the question is having this awareness, having knowing that I'm moving into a new model, it's 
how do I develop the, the tool set, the skill set to align my, you know, 3D avatar with what I know to be true from my kind of spiritual knowings, right? Does that resonate yeah, with you? Spiritual and third and fifth dimensional knowings. And I would say also kind of going back to yours and my core methodology, it's that how, how do I get out of my own way? You know, how do, I, how do I make sure that I'm not in my own way and that I'm not working at cross purposes to myself, that I'm not secretly all day trusting a day and all night sneaking down here and, you know, sending out email blasts. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So I, I think in that case, what it sounds like to me, it's really then how do I think, feel and act in accordance with the higher truth while not succumbing to the resistance of the past, meaning all the ways that I would normally put the brakes on these higher truths, the working hard, the pushing, the fear, the control, the, you know, old narratives that, that aren't really there. So it's step one is like, how do I let go of that? But then step two is how do I embody the new aspects? How do I embody the new thoughts? How do I embody the new narratives? And it's more in a 3D thing. Like this is not about you realizing spiritual truth. This is more about how do I work with, you know, the Dave now to just align with these things. Yeah, and 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 just to you throw another, you know, let's just roll another variable in there. Is it magic? I magical thinking doesn't work either. Yeah. It's magic, but I mean, just say, oh, I'm going to sit around here, and once again, the UPS guy is going to come in my door. He's going to say, oh, what are you, what are you doing there? Oh, yeah, I want to, I want to hire you or whatever. There will be that. So there's a way of of how does one maturely trust in that which they don't see and act consistent with that which they don't see. Bring all of your wisdom, all of your business acumen, everything you've learned, and at the same time, take a leap into the unknown to see what that looks like. Right, well, I mean, I would actually say you don't, like there is an element of the uncertainty that you have to step into. I, I agree with you on that. But what I think is actually lacking is the certainty of self that you can make that work. Bingo, that's it, that's, that's it. And that is a beautiful process. That is, a, that is the work, that is the opportunity, that is the invitation that, that life at this point brings people like you and me to and other people, whatever, you know, whatever we are, whether in a place where the money's just flowing or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just being invited into exactly what you just stated. Absolutely. So I'm glad that that resonates. I'm glad you're kind of seeing the the, the bigger picture, because like I said, sometimes, especially when you know a lot, it's kind of like that that is both the it's a double edged sword, right? Like then I get caught up in thinking about everything that I know and how I should be. But then I don't really look at the things that I need to look at. And which is why, you know, mirrors like this often are so valuable. So just to kind of wrap this up, um, just because I, I do have a hard stop for this particular episode. And again, we can't dive into all of these aspects in, in this container. Um, the clarity that you've gotten today, like, does that feel complete for you? Or is there still something that's left outstanding for you? I think, well, it's a really good question. I, I think what's great is to meet uh, uh, a kindred soul. And not just a kindred soul, but I mean a kindred just in terms of like side by side. And, and equal, and I don't say that in a, in a hierarchical way, but just to meet a fellow, I think that's, and to hear things articulated back is really helpful. Um, 
I think what what you've opened up here. Well, first of all, there's something I want to say before I forget. I know we're running out of time here, but I want to say that one of the things I realize that I do for for people, the people I work with, and you do as well, is that if someone's letting go, it's good to have somebody in the backdrop saying background saying, "Hey, don't let go of that." <laughs> you know, it's like I'm giving you the freedom to run the experiment, but I'm going to keep you in line when you're, you know, when you decide you're just going to go buy lottery tickets with the, the milk money, right? So I think that's that's one of the services that you provide by being able to hold that space where people can go and let go. So I think that's great. And I think that's part of what you've done for me here is just giving me, you know, to know, to help me hold that space. And, and yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of what came out of my mouth was brought out by you. It was just kind of like, oh, you know, it sounds like, oh, these are my ideas, but they're just, oh, the fact that I'm between models, that's really interesting. That's, that kind of, that gives you a, you are here, even though you don't know where the here is. <laughs> Correct. Well, I mean, I would say that, um, you know, with whatever people I speak to or even clients I work with, like it's like it's hard to see the building when you're standing on the balcony. Right. And, and you need to see the building to, to see where all the pieces fit together. And again, that's kind of the that's why I always say like coaches need coaches as well. And, and this is a perfect example of it. So I thank you for, you know, having the courage to kind of come up in this way, because I know it's not for everybody. So then just to close it off. Like, what are your biggest takeaways from our conversation today? Um, that I'm not nuts. That's one. That I have to find another intelligent, you know, someone else is kind of mirror a lot of this stuff. Um, that the old that the old model got me to here, but it's not going to take me to the next. It confirms that the, it's not going to take me to the next area and that um, I, I think what I felt too talking is that I need that it's really eating my own cooking and that the more that me being authentically aligned with what I know to be true is, is what's going to expedite this process and, you know, and get me. And I, I you know, and I, I love to check back with you and whatever many months it is and, and show you how this experiment has turned out because I, it's already starting to, you know, the dam is already, the little Dutch boy's taking his finger out of the dike and it's already starting to come, so. Love it. Well, definitely my pleasure to uh, be able to provide it for you. So, you know, thank you for, for coming on and, and having the courage to, to do this uh, publicly. And then just to kind of close it off, um, let everybody know, you know, where they can find you, who's the best people to find you. Uh, floor is yours for that. Yeah, so the best thing is, you know, davegold.com is the easiest way to find me and or you can email me at dave at davegold.com and i would say you know <laughs> you and i were kind of at, you know it's the same type of thing i would say that if you're if you have the courage to be seen to be truly seen and to no longer live small and to just run the experiment of how trustworthy life can be and to suspend your disbelief long enough to let life prove itself to you. And, and that there's really something running through, and I'll be, I know we're running out of time here, so I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm being inspired, but I'm trying to be, you know, trying to be concise. That there's, there's a movement right now in consciousness or in co whatever it is, that that which is inauthentic cannot survive. I think COVID stripped away a lot. A lot of stuff's happening this year is, I felt it with the solstice. And if you were the, at the time of your life right now, where you just can't live with your own bullshit anymore. 
And it's not just about you feeling good that you want to, it's getting in the way of you loving more and impacting more Then those are the kind of people that you and I both love to work with. And, uh, and you see energetically it's a good fit. So thank you for giving the chance to do that. Thank you for providing a forum. Thank you for doing what you're doing in the world for all the people whose lives you're transforming too. Thank you very much. It was uh, definitely my pleasure. So yeah, we'll put all of that stuff in the show notes. And uh, yeah, for everybody else, we'll see you on the next one. Well, well played.